Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show. The England squad is out, the Europa League cracks on, and Todd Bowley's been a sausage. It's Friday, 16th of September. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Vidushina Hantaraja. And I'm Lars Leotten. Hello everybody, I am here in place of Marcus, who's not very well today, so he's lent me the keys to the weekend, don't worry, I will be opening up, but before we get into the podcast, I want to ask you, Vish, and last, don't we, Vish, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I am looking forward to Brentford beating Arsenal, <laughs> because I wonder how much of, you know, just the fear of what happened last season. Yeah, the returning to the scene of the crime. Yeah, but also because so much time has passed and they're such a different team now. And also Arsenal haven't played in about three months. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, I, and I do wonder if there was, uh, there might be, a, you know, it, it could be character building going back to the scene of like devastation. I remember the first time I went back to a place where I experienced my first breakup. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to go in there and own it. But it was a park and so it was a bit like, like, what do I do here? So I just like sat on the same bench for 20 minutes. Oh, we're just having a little remember. Yeah, and then I got upset and left. And I wonder if that's going to happen to Arsenal. I hope not. I would, I would hope we've got more <laughs> mental strength than being than me, crushed probably. by a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they'd be used to that, but yeah, I guess maybe. we'll see. Uh, Lars, how about you? 
I mean, this is a bit niche, but I'm looking forward primarily to walking. Uh, this is something it really only applies to me. I hope uh, I've, I've I've suffered a pretty horrific leg injury this summer. Whereas this week I was at the physio yesterday, and he said I'm now allowed to take off my protective boot and actually stand on my leg, which I haven't done since May. So that's exciting. Uh, in in a more football sense, for me, it's AC Milan versus Napoli. Here I am, fully ad- embracing the Andy Bash Brussel role on today's show. But I mean, really. <laughs> AC Milan, obviously uh, a very exciting and attack-minded team. Napoli, sort of the surprise package in Serie A this season. Their fans were really restless in the summer. Insigne had gone, Mertens had gone, Koulibaly had gone. They were on the verge of rioting because they'd signed random people, including a man from Georgia. Napoli fans on the verge of rioting? You wouldn't think so. I mean, no one's ever heard of it. Are they they happy or upset? (laughs) Well, this is the thing. In the summer, they were very upset because they'd brought in people no one had ever heard of. One of them being uh, Kvica Kvaraskilia, whose name I've totally Butchered, and I'm going to keep doing it. I can't, I can't help myself. But basically, this young man from Georgia is absolute box office. Kvaradona. Yeah, Kvaradona, and rightly so. Uh, you, it just doesn't happen in modern football very often no. that a player comes in that you've literally, like, basically never seen before, except from the odd highlight from the Georgia national team. And he's so watchable. Like, I mean, clearly. He's not from an academy. Like, a lot of the academies now seem to want to produce, like, 100 Iniestas, and they all look like they've come out from a lab. Like, this guy is trying wild things on the pitch, and it's just amazing to watch. Uh, so so watch Milan-Napoli, if only for Quaradonna, and, and also this sexy Oliver Giroud doing sexy things as yeah. well. So, yeah, you, 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 you'd love to see it. It's very box office. It's going to be a great game on Sunday night. I am also... And also try to walk if you can, because you know, don't take that shit for granted. <laughs> yeah, we, we should put it out there for the yeah. listeners. Do walk do this walk, weekend. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm also looking forward to watching Arsenal Vish, just because uh, I've, I've missed them. It's, it's been absolutely ages. So um, moving away from, from that lot, uh, we're going to start with the England squad, because uh, it's out. Now, um, we'll get to that in a bit, but Nike have leaked England's new kit for the World Cup, reportedly without the F. Phase knowledge. It's good that um, good that everything's kind of joined up ahead of the World Cup. The away kit is a red number based on England's kit from the 1990 World Cup. Everyone seems pretty happy with that. However, the less said about the home kit, the better. It's supposed to be based on the kit from 1996, but one fan has claimed Nike's kits have already ruined the World Cup. So yeah, I mean, it is pretty. It's pretty uh, bad, isn't it? I, I, I tend not to, to try not to jump on the bandwagon of saying like, oh, new kit's terrible, it's a disgrace. But I, I'm not a fan of this one. No, I think it's awful. Mm. And, you know, the guy who commented said it had ruined the World Cup. It's not quite ruined it for me yet. No. You know, the whole thing in Qatar did a lot of the heavy lifting for that. Yeah, it's not a good start. No, but... Yeah, I, I don't really know why they... I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I'm going to sound like a, a small child idiot there. But I know why they change kids often to make yeah. money. But I <laughs> never... they get really stinky. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the other reason as well. But I never understand why they do such a basic kind of outlay. You'd think like all the creativity that goes into the World Cup is about like showcasing how forward thinking you are maybe and also like just, yeah, how good your kits, your kits can look as, uh, you know, in Nike's example. But yeah. they're just... It's absolute trash. I hate it. It's almost I do like hate the, it. it's almost like the shoulders have like a roof on them. It's yeah. a really odd, yeah. odd design. I don't know, maybe this is... Uh, you know, maybe to some people it looks great. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan. Lars, you, you, you've got no dog in this fight, really. No, I'm, I'm you, just also just I'm in this a country sartor- having given you so much. Also, I'm just a sartorial dial tone. You know, you're not going to get anything worthwhile from me on clothing. Uh, <laughs> anyone who knows me will know why. This is just, 
you know, it's just not not an area of my life I put a lot of energy into. I don't know. You're wearing two different shoes. That <laughs> seems quite hipstery to me. <laughs> One of them being a massive protective boot. Oh, oh, I got, see. Like, yeah, I saw three I thought, fractures in my leg. That's I thought you'd come healed. from Shoreditch. Um, I've got fifteen pins in my leg. <laughs> Well, I've gone a bit Steven Gerrard there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the away kit's excellent. We've got to give them that, right? That fills me with hope. I do like England in a red away kit, got to be honest. Yeah, that's what I do like the collar. And I, I thought it was a button-up number, isn't it? But it's not, actually. It just kind of like joins together at the yeah. at the top to look like a... Well, I mean, it is a collar, but... It's a, it's the false button. Yeah, but the, the blue thing is what well, I think footballers have great shoulders now. <laughs> And I what? think maybe actually when we see they used to have it, bad shoulders. Yeah, they did. I don't think they focused as much on their shoulders, you know. But I, I think that does their shoulders down, and I don't like it. Mm. Well, I guess we'll wait and see until they're in the actual kit. Maybe it will look good then. So on to the actual squad. Gareth Southgate has handed Ivan Tony his first England call-up. scored five Premier League goals in six games this season. Ben Chilwell and Eric Dyer have been recalled to the squad. Eric Dyer's last call-up was in November 2020. Tony was playing for Peterborough in League One at the time. Dean Henderson has also been called up as Jordan Pickford misses out through injury. Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw are also included, as was Calvin Phillips. And what do we make of this? This has been a little bit controversial. Uh, there's been some notable admissions as well. Jaden Sancho, uh, Ben White, and Conor Gallagher, perhaps to a lesser extent. Marcus Rashford has unfortunately picked up an untimely injury, so he's not been called up. But people seem quite annoyed that Maguire and Luke Shaw are there, and particularly Phillips as well, because he's barely played this season. What, what do we make of this? Bear I mean, in mind, it, it is Southgate's last squad before the World Cup. Yeah, and for that reason, I, I kind of get it. He's always mm. had these trusted players. We like, you know, we spoke about team, uh, well, rather squad culture under Southgate, and the mm. fact that. He likes certain players and likes certain options and personality-wise what they provide. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm not too surprised about that, especially considering these are positions, I'm, I suppose I'm thinking squarely of Maguire and Phillips here, but these are positions where we do struggle for, I suppose, depth generally. Um, and, and Phillips, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I understand why Phillips is lumped in with those two, but he's a completely different player. Played every minute yeah. of the Euros. There's um, no one else like him, really. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I, I and you know I think when because of where we are in this cycle towards the the World Cup, and as you say, it's the last time they're going to get together. He's going to have a look at a couple of different people, but um, no, I, I think that that kind of makes sense. I know it's unsexy, but yeah. You know, that's Southgate. I mean, he does value consistency a lot, doesn't he? And, and he's, you know, he, though he's spoken a lot about picking players on club form, he's also spoken about consistency a lot. And there's, there's, there's always going to have to be a little bit of give on, on one of those things, I think. The concern is that Phillips becomes a, the sort of Fabian Delph of this city side, which would be a problem for, for England, I think, going forward in terms of just how, you know, how much football he's going to play. Um, only three right backs. Is that a concern? I mean, yes, you clearly need more than that. It's a, mm, at the, least five. There is traditionally, a cri- there is a cost of living crisis. Do, do you think maybe that's playing? Ah, yeah, you gotta gotta cut back on your right backs. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the places where you can just you know you can trim off a little bit. <laughs> get is rid it, of one of the right backs. You can go, afford to take a bath. Go get rid of the excesses. You know, yeah, there's too many right backs. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need so many. So let's let's talk about Ivan Tony for a little bit. I'm excited about this actually. I think he, he deserves that call up, and uh, he does feel like a player he's got such a sort of natural confidence about his game that he won't be overawed by this. And mm. if he's given a chance, if he gets sort of significant minutes, and I wonder if he will, given the calibre of the opposition, 
I'm, I'm excited to watch him. You know, and it's nice when an England player gets a call up like that, isn't it? It's kind of like when Jack Grealish finally got his call up. Everyone's like, "Come on!" It's maybe not quite to the same degree of of, of excitement, but. I really want to see what Tony's got in an England shirt. That's a really good comparison, actually, Grealish, because I got the sense that after that hat-trick, there were people who were, you know, not just Brentford fans, but other fans coming on board and being like, look, this guy, this guy's clearly quality. Mm. And there's a bit more excitement to him than, I think, what, so there's been 10, England have given caps to 10 strikers since um, since Harry Kane. Wow. And I would say, you know, there's without like boring you with a list of them all, but... I would say Tony is the most exciting of all of, all of them. You know, obviously like Vardy's in there, someone like Dominic Solanke came in and, you know, just for like a nominal cap. Um, Bamford was probably the most, well, Bamford was the most recent one. Um, you've got Calvert-Lewin in there who perhaps was the most, you know, he, he, he was the first reserve for that striker position. Yeah. But I think Tony, if you look at his qualities, is the most, maybe not, maybe Kane likes the wrong word, but certainly someone who does work around the box and also just, gives you that sense of excitement that he's not actually just there to like fill a gap. No. He he would out of all of them at the moment who are available, I would say he's the one who would go in there and not be A overawed by the situation, B would do it in his own way, and C would go on the pitch and not be afraid to shit people up. Exactly. Yeah. Have a word in their ear, you know, pull their hair, poke them in the <laughs> eye. Like he's he's got that bit about him which yeah, uh, yeah I, I that it really excites me. It's a, it's the first England call up as you mentioned. Maybe since Grealish, where I've been like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's not really about how do you deputise Kane. It's how do you replace Vardy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In, yes. In, yeah. And he's doing both, isn't he? He's doing both. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, let's move on to um, Lars, your beloved Europa League. Yes. You're very effusive about it in the. Uh, so it's in, a great. The... It's a great competition. A lot of strange things happen in it, which at the end of the day, I think is a crucial component in football. Yeah. Well, strange things. I, oh, very much so. This is what it's one of the things that people that don't like football don't understand about it it's really really weird every day um so one of the one of the stranger teams in the Europa League Sheriff Tiraspol uh, lost 2-0 to Manchester United uh, a goal from Jaden Sancho lovely finish and the first Pinaldo of the season as well uh, so <laughs> was there something it was something a little sad I thought of watching him like do the big uh, silly Ronaldo celebration like on a Thursday night in Moldova yeah like Really, totally uh, you just knocked, knocked down. You've knocked home a penalty against the, a bunch of players who've barely met uh, in on a Thursday in yeah. Moldova. Like just, maybe it, just don't do the when thing. even the home fans are supporting you, which is yeah. kind of sad, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? It's uh, yeah. yeah, really, really strange. It, it was an yeah, there was an element of like an entertainer on his last legs. Yeah, you know, doing doing it's like it's the, small the Vegas yeah. Elvis. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah, it's for me. It's yeah. not for <laughs> you. <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> so that's his, his first goal of the season and uh, the first Europa League goal of his career and you may remember that Sheriff famously beat Real Madrid in the Champions League last year the, the really strange thing about this is that none of those players started <laughs> against United last night because they've all, they've all gone they also yeah. didn't field any Moldovan players it's no a, it's a uh, very strange one so the, the Sheriff Holding Company which owns the club started out in the cigarette and alcohol trade and now holds a monopoly over most major businesses in the Transnistria region it's like Tesco having a team but it, it is also, but I also remember reading this because I was researching the game for, for some work yesterday and it was like you know started out alcohol and so you were at and now holds a monopoly over what? Like that escalated quickly. Yeah. How many cigarettes did you sell? <laughs> How much did they smoke in Transnistria? Like, and I do. I mean, I don't think we have the time for it. But I beg of you, if you have any interest in like the esoteric sides of football, which still just about exist in this sort of pretty, you know, streamlined world of modern elite sports, do read up on Sheriff Tiraspol. 
it's a fully mental club and it's just a batshit crazy story uh, and it's quite fun that they're actually on our screens couldn't really beat man united but you know there you go yeah it, it was a it wasn't an inspiring game was it but again i think the these games in the group stages often are that way yeah and i think it was i don't know it scratched an itch didn't it because united didn't play last weekend they're not playing this weekend yeah. and you know they played a stronger team than they would have done normally so mm. i suppose you know, maybe maybe in a, in different circumstances, this would we would be talking today about United maybe getting away with one because of how badly mm. they performed or actually losing. Yeah, did enjoy Jaden Sancho's goal as a as a fully committed Jaden Sancho truther. Uh, I uh, I thought that was good because that was like the Dortmund Sancho, the sort of very yeah. elegant take and mm. composure and finish in the box. Mm. I, I'm going to say that I'm going to keep banging this drum because he had a difficult season last year and a season where a lot of Man United players had a difficult season. We forget that this is like literally one of the best young players in the world uh, yes. before he went to Man United, and and that player is still there. He needs to build his confidence. He needs to find his place in the new system. All this, but but he could be a genuine like world megastar if he puts it together. Yeah. And so anytime he does good stuff, you're like, come on, Jaden, yeah, more of yeah. this. I think the issue is that he didn't touch the ball until about the fifteenth minute, did he? So I mean. All right, having a go. Lars just said saying, back him. Took yeah, well, his goal very yeah, well. Yeah, but give him the ball. Support our boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. Um, so Silkeborg uh, lost at home to West Ham. Um, don't know why I've said it that way around. They were at home. Respect to Silkeborg is due. So um, yeah, yeah. West Ham kept up the one hundred percent start, winning three two against a valiant Silkeborg. Craig Dawson's goal means he's now scored in the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, Europa League, and Europa Conference League. He just needs the Champions League to compete the set. Complete the set. Yeah, I was disappointed we didn't get an interview with Declan Rice after this game. Uh, Declan Rice, who who famously. Uh, accused the referee of corruption after the Europa <laughs> League final because they were, a few things went against them. Not yeah. in an interview, just tunnel cam, you know, suggesting the referee had been bought off. I do wonder if he watched us the highlight from this game, what he makes of the referee, because, I mean, certainly the penalty West Ham got was on the on the softer side. <laughs> it would make a fine pillow, that penalty. Uh, whereas Silkeborg had one of those non-disallowed disallowed goals it was, oh, a, yeah. it was a ball into the box that was blown up before the ball hit the net but it was ne- not even remotely close to a foul so I mean that, that certainly swings and roundabouts mm. of the refereeing world of European football going very much West Ham's way yeah. here maybe got away with one a little bit there um, Scamacha scored a very very nice goal he's now scored in back-to-back European games however after the game David Moyes wasn't totally impressed admitting I was a bit disappointed with some of his early performance but he grew into the game um, and it was it was a hell of a finish yeah he hit it so hard and also fair play to Moyes there because Scamacha looks terrifying yeah he, he's huge but yeah. very mobile very mo- yeah but also covered kicks in tattoos kicks the ball very hard kicks the ball very hard mm. yeah could probably you know walk around parts of East London and not really care if he you know the fact that he was in a strange neighbourhood what do you think East London is like it's not just Shoreditch is it no Maybe, he, he but, would also fit in there but do you think it's just like you know the crays are everywhere. Yeah, and you might get in trouble. Just so I saw Legend around. the other day because we, you know, because we keep referencing it on the show. And yeah. you talk about you know your early days and how you managed to get out. But you see, every yeah. now and again you go back to dip back in. Yeah, well, go it, back it, in. Well, it drags you back. In, <laughs> yeah, it the, does. Yeah, the problem. So I'm just uh, yeah, but I, I think he uh, suits it. And I think um, I've got a mate who's a West Ham fan, and he said that when he was reading about him and like you know in their WhatsApp group stories were going around about like what he's like, they were like, yeah, he's like. He's not quite one of us, but he'd fit in. Mm. 
So I, I, there's something in that. That's, yeah, they're probably calling the Italian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. Again, just assuming it's all like a big guy Ritchie film. A, yeah, it'll be in a guy Ritchie film soon enough. You've done yeah. this to me. I was trying to refute this. Um, so I mean, can I? Maybe this is me being too moany about someone being moany, and I know he was asked the question, but I do think Moyes has been talking about the artificial surface at Silkeborg because I mean they do they do they do have this sort of modern artificial, which are really good by the way. they're, yeah, they're not yeah. like the sort of plastic pitches you had in England for a while. And I just think, like I was looking at some numbers yesterday. I think Silkeborg's annual wage budget is about three million pounds. Mm. I think West Ham's is about one hundred and thirty, right? So, like, if you're in charge of a team that's spending 130 million a year on player salary, and you're playing a team that spends three, bring your own. Don't, don't talk about the pitch. Like, honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if someone asks you about the pitch, just say we are a phenomenally wealthy club who can spend unbelievable resources on player. Whatever the pitch is, we should win the game. Yeah, like, that's the only good answer to that question. Very, very. Don't true. moan about the pitch when you're playing. Like, uh, yeah, a very, very poor team compared to you. Former Bolton player Henrik Pedersen was pictured serving West Ham in his sports bar in Silkeborg before the game. Pedersen was part of the Bolton team that finished two points above West Ham in their relegation season of 2003. After last night, West Ham fans say they've now forgiven Pedersen for contributing to the relegation of their side. So, that's I mean, all you need. I mean, get over Some it. Some beer. <laughs> <laughs> but they have got over it, and this is how. Yeah. It's taken a strange route. To be fair, but they, you know they've moved on, which is which is nice, isn't it? I mean, I say that if someone served me beer, I'd forgive them immediately. Yeah, exactly. even someone I've never met. So, I mean, this is what like Carlos Tevez and the lads they need to go to Sheffield and just give all the Sheffield United fans some beer <laughs> yeah. and just see how that goes. <laughs> That's one for the teenagers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if realizing my age, people don't immediately know what I'm referring to. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, that was um, small people. Yeah, in 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 the fallout of that, do you know that Sean Bean? Yes. Um, <laughs> called Neil Warnock the worst swear word in front of his kids um, so moving on in front on. of Neil Warnock's kids in front, in front of, of Neil Warnock's kids okay yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't bastard. It was a, it was a much stronger <laughs> word than that. But elsewhere in the Conference League, Hearts managed their first win, beating Riga's football Scola 2-0 away from home. They now sit second in the group after Istanbul Basheksha here. Eased past Fiorentina 3-0. So well done them. We're now going to move on from that up to the Champions League. Uh, Graham Potter managed his first game in charge of Chelsea this week, drawing 1-1 with Red Bull Salzburg. But that's not really the big story about Chelsea at the moment uh, because their new owner, Todd Bowley, has been in the news this week for suggesting a Premier League all star game he stated the English game should take a little bit of a lesson from American sports mm. people are talking about more money for the pyramid in the MLB all star game this year we made 200 million dollars from a Monday and a Tuesday we could do a north versus south all star game from the Premier League now there's been plenty of backlash it's very selfless he's all about money he's all about the pyramid all about the pyramid one of the things billionaires are really good at is giving away money exactly looking at people looking at people how can we make them money yeah, how can we make those people? That's money? what their fortunes are built on, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, is and paying go- people properly. Look at how well Jeff Bezos treats his <laughs> stuff. I mean, is he going to go into the next Premier League meeting and suggest a more equitable sharing of the income and maybe a bigger percentage of the television revenue going to the pyramid? Presumably, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think we should expect that of Todd Bowley because he is clearly very concerned about yeah. the pyramid. Well, well, given the, the the altruism of all the other yes. owners, I imagine it's only a matter of time before that does happen. And then, you know, in terms of taking ideas from America, he'll probably come in and be like, "Look, we need a wage structure. We need to have a cap. Yeah. We need a." 
to control our spending. Indeed. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm all for this. I didn't know he was like this, Todd Bowley. But yeah. no. well, well, he was speaking at... This, this is worth looking up, the whole thing of him talking, because he, he goes through a lot of things. And you can pick out individual bits, and he just looks crazy. Like, I mean, he, he basically <laughs> claimed... He claimed Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne as sort of Chelsea Academy products, which yeah. would worry me a little bit. I mean, if you <laughs> I mean as, think as a Chelsea it, fan, surely you've, you're kind of I mean, of both of them had, like, played that. in the Champions League before they went to Chelsea. So, I mean, yeah. not, not, not entirely, like, street urgents picked off the West Ham. So, he's really fully nailed his mask to the wall in terms of, I don't actually understand this sport, uh, which is not great uh, when you're then making big suggestions of how it should be changed. But he was speaking at at a conference called SALT. It's a, and I looked this up, it's a global thought leadership and networking forum encompassing finance, technology, and geopolitics. So, I mean, that that is, it's the big, he's being a thought leader here, mm. I think. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, thinking thoughts. I also noticed he talked about how the multi-club model is very appealing. So so that they want to buy some feeder clubs, Chelsea. And, yes. you know, that's, we see that more and more. Uh, but he said that, you know, uh, with Red Bull, they seem to make it work with Leipzig and Salzburg. Now, the thing someone needs to explain to thought leader Todd Hare is that the way they managed to get both of those teams into the Champions League was by basically convincing UEFA that they're not related. Now, how they managed to pull that off, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they hired the same lawyers that Newcastle's owners used to <laughs> when they spoke to the Premier League. But anyway, if you're going to do it, don't say it out loud. Just yeah. it's, it's very strange. It's concerning, isn't it? The idea of like brands having franchise teams across the world they look like a Marvel team like a Game of Thrones team like it's, it's, it's just it's strange isn't it but it, it seems to be the, the way that some people want it to go now Jurgen Klopp um, has really led the backlash uh, across this he said he hasn't waited long oh great when he finds a date for that he can call me what can I say does he want to bring the Harlem Globetrotters as well and let them play against the football team now I like that himself Jamie Carragher Gary Neville quite a few others have been quite strong on this and we, we've mentioned recently that I think there is sometimes a quite unfair attitude towards Americans in football that yeah. they have to mm. come up against. I think the back, it's worth saying that the backlash to this is not that because the, the Salah and De Bruyne situation um, betray a lack of a lack of understanding of the game and a, and a sense it's that... It's all about human capital. That's well, what, it's, oh, that's it's, what it is. The, the way he spoke at Salt as well it, it implies that he actually doesn't really care for the, the, the traditions he, he of He did of say that and, it's just about putting good people in place and getting them organised. It's just like any other human capital industry. So I've, he seems to have figured everything out. I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to world dominance from Chelsea because their new owners knows everything about how all this works. You, yeah. The other, the other aspect of it is that I, I do... Not sympathy is probably the wrong word, but I, I understand... Why why he, or certainly where his views are coming from, because he, he's grown up with a different sporting culture. Mm, yeah. And the idea that, like, you know, you could even go further back than that and think, like, someone like Raheem Sterling, he wasn't made at Liverpool. You know, they poached him from yeah. a younger age, from QPR. from QPR. And I can understand why someone would see the ages of Salah and De Bruyne when they were at Chelsea yes. and what, where they are now. And he think means we, development, We really, contributed to their kind. development. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But the um the uh, one of the other aspects I think is quite interesting of this is uh, does it not speak of a bloke who's come into English football one of many who've been like God I, I can the, this specific these people are idiots I mean yeah. this can well, be yes. improved yeah. well, he's always can, known for that isn't yeah. it it's yeah, known for being really disorganised yeah I can <laughs> I can bend this very profitable like 
section of this sport to my to my whim in some yeah. way. So, uh, I mean, a lot of billionaires and a lot of, of people that go to conferences about being a thought leader and that sort of stuff use the use the word disruptors to describe mm. what they do in an industry. And I think this is what Todd, Todd Bowley sees himself as coming and doing here. And, and I think what's worth saying, in fairness, I've kind of been slightly mean about it, but I think it's better that an owner says things than that an owner says nothing which we do have quite a lot of. Yeah, and we're kind yes. of left trying to speculate about what's in their brains. Sometimes when what's in their brains come out, that's not all good news either, as we've shown. But it's it's better for the fans to at least hear from the owner, I yeah. think. And it's worth noting, and this is why it's not, he's, there are no original thoughts here, really. Like All-Star Games, this stuff has been discussed before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the multi-club stuff, obviously a lot of the clubs are doing already. And, and, and learning from American sports, I mean, the Premier League was set up in huge part as a trying to make English football more like American sports, um, yeah, it, 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 it's a there's a really good book called The Club. Is it called? Yes. By the, by the yeah. yeah, I forget their names. I'm very sorry, but you should look it up. Uh, where they look into like the origin of the Premier League, and it was very much inspired by like the founding fathers of the Premier League, like going to sports in America and saying this is all very well organized, and the stadiums are actually mm-hmm. nice places to be, and it's like, and then you go to football in England, and it's like it's all falling down, and there's piss everywhere. Like it shouldn't yeah, have yeah, to be yeah. like this. So uh, it, yeah. it, it, it is massively inspired by American sports to begin with. Yeah, but we also don't want the kiss cam. Do you know what I mean? You have to, you have, to have stuff that's, that's appropriate that, to your own culture. They had goalie wars, though. That yes, could be a thing. That was fun, Ooh. to be fair. They but do I, I have think... the kiss cam in cricket. Really? They only recently got rid of it, yeah. yeah okay, good. That's a good... Just for when the fielders choice. get bored? Or... I, I, just, I think the, the issue, I think what's put people's noses out of joint is that it... it, it sh- it shows that he perhaps either doesn't understand or doesn't really care about the domestic culture yeah. of the sport. And I think Gary Neville's absolutely right. We need a regulator in. Um, and he, he said some stuff about American owners, which I think some people misconstrued as thinking he meant about all Americans, which is essentially that they, you know, they, they essentially that the, the way ruthless billionaires operate is that very much that they're ruthless and they don't stop mm-hmm. until they get what they want. And I, I do strongly, strongly feel we need an independent regulator with teeth to make sure that we can protect these elements of the game. And can I also just say, as to underline, I don't think this is all anti-Americanism no. and anti-innovation on our side. I think if, if someone like John W. Henry, who's owned a club in England for quite a while now and has shown that he can run a club successfully, came forward and said, OK, I've seen how this industry works. I've, I've built a team here. I think maybe we could try this and that. I think the response would be very different from if a guy who came in a couple of months ago has so far mainly just acted really weirdly in the transfer market and mm-hmm. just done strange things, uh, speaks as if he's like, he knows everything. And I, I, I just, why don't we do this? This is very obvious. This will be fine. Yeah, and you know what also works in, in MLB, Todd? Hitting the ball with a stick. Like, it's just a very Ooh. different sport. And it's, yeah, you got to maybe, maybe learn a thing or two before yeah. you try to teach everyone how everything works. Absolutely. And on that, we're going to go for a break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And then he would say to me, "Well, how many drinks did you have?" And obviously I'd I'd lie to him. I would say maybe 10, 11 bottles, and he'd be like, 10, 11 bottles? What are you thinking? I'm thinking, if I told him the truth, that was every hour. <laughs> every hour. 10, 11 bottles every hour. And you know what? I believe it. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's a great interview, that. It's, that's, that's from the Gary Neville hanging out with Roy Keane in the woods with Roy Keane's dog. Yeah. Which is like, I'm not always an enjoyer of Roy Keane's punditry. I find it a bit sort of samey, and he's just an, an angry man who's angry at yeah. the same things every week. Here's but my bivouac. Sometimes I come here to rage. But that interview is fantastic. It is, that whole, yeah. That is really Roy Keane at his best, and well, well done by Gary Neville for, for giving that chat. Very good. So the Premier League returns this weekend after taking a pause last week to mourn the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. However, Brighton versus Palace, Man United versus Leeds and Chelsea versus Liverpool have all been postponed due to police shortages. Um, so we're going to start with Wolves v Man City. Um, Erling Haaland continued on his path to world domination during the week after he scored an unbelievable winner as Man City beat Dortmund 2-1 after the game Pep said what a goal I remember when I was at Barcelona Cruyff scored a similar goal against Atletico and it's nice having him like Johan John Stone's goal wasn't half bad either but Haaland wasn't fully convinced saying two wonderful goals today mine was a bit better honestly but yeah Cancelo nice cross so yeah I mean Harland also said after the game, it was, was filmed after the game asking Dortmund staff not to beat him up. And it's, it, it's encouraging to me that Harland doesn't yet know that he can't be beaten up. Yeah. Well, do you think he's, you know, like there's a bit of, a, of mice and men to him that he crushes, <laughs> crushes things without realising? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is football really easy? And is he, is he the only person who's worked it out? Because that is what it looks like, isn't it? It's like you just stand where no one else is and you just put the ball in the net. It's really easy. I know that goal was the opposite of that. Yeah. But generally, he's just, most of it looks very easy to him. So, you know, last said it before about, um, you know, football at the moment being quite streamlined and players coming out from academies being quite cookie cutter. There's something about Haaland that, and it might be because of the position he plays that meant he was fast-tracked in some way, 
But there is a inherent joy to how he approaches the game, yeah. which he hasn't lost. Like he tries different things. Even the nature of that goal is just quite an unusual thing to think. Yeah. But if I just kind of contort my body that way and flick my heel the other way, then that's that's my best chance of yeah. getting this goal. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. And the, the Zidane thing. Zidane yeah. Was really yes. Into parkour because it's about, essentially about making the most progress in the fewest moves. But so do you think it's because he has gone from? Yeah, because he he's been a striker because of his size, because of his speed, that he hasn't had time. Where, for example, if he was at City from a ch- as a young from a young age, it might have been conditioned out of him mm. a little bit. But because mm. he kind of you know like Red Bull Salzburg straight to Dortmund, where Dortmund like we play young kids all the time, go and yes, play absolutely. And then to Man City, he hasn't had that time where he. I don't know where it's just been it's quietly. You can't do this. Yeah, quietly yeah, yeah, ironed yeah. out of him. Because that's what it looks to me now. It's and, annoying that. Yeah. Isn't it? Sometimes when you, you understand why coaches do it, there's a little bit of this with, with Chelsea with Eden Hazard as well, where Jose Mourinho, and he's probably the most extreme example, but where they, they kind of temper some of that creativity to make the system flow better. And in, in the long term, it works, but it's like, ah, oh, but we want to, we want to, as a neutral, we want to see all the fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I think one example of what you're saying is uh, his work off the ball or lack thereof. Like he doesn't press as much as Guardiola would like him to. I can promise you that. Like uh, Guardiola obviously hasn't said that on the record, but I will, you know, bet all of my money that <laughs> if Guardiola had his way, Erling Haaland would run more off the ball and press more. But Erling Haaland is now a big enough star in his own right and knows himself, knows his game, knows his body to know. I need that extra energy for when I have a chance to affect the game. Yes. I have need that and en- I can't be running around. I can't be dragging this massive hulk around all game. <laughs> uh, because when the ball is loose in the area and I've gotten myself into the perfect position, I need the explosiveness mm. to get to that an inch before the defender. And this was a perfect example of that that goal as well. There's a sense that if you can get the ball into the box, he has got every tool to, to mm-hmm. just score like regardless of what angle it comes in or what speed it comes in at he's just got everything and part of this I'm afraid I got loyal listeners will know I've probably said this in this room before but like a, a big key to it is he was a late bloomer physically right so when he was learning the game when he was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 even he wasn't big and strong. He really wasn't. He was quite gangly, sort of spindly looking. Uh, and so when he was fast-tracked a little bit and playing with kids a year older than him, he had gotten bashed around quite a lot. Like, he couldn't use his physicality to just make uh, defenders bounce away like he can now. So he had to learn how to be clever and how to find space and how to, you know, find openings and all this sort of stuff. So he learned uh, he learned the craft of being a striker and moving and finding space in the box without any physical gifts. And then up at Molda in particular, he had this insane growth spurt in his late teen where he just shot up and, and put on all the muscle and, and they used Must to call nice. it, they used to call him like the man child which means something slightly it doesn't quite have the same connotations in, in Norway as it does in English because obviously it means slightly different things here but yeah he suddenly became this like what on earth has happened to your body and, uh, and he grew and then actually since then he's gotten faster I think he's worked very consciously on his speed and explosivity because he wasn't that fast early mm. on so I hear often commentators say that oh it's a gift genetic from his parents and stuff and yeah obviously his genes are good but this is a guy who's worked very specifically on honing his physique yeah. and, and, and turning himself into what he is now because if you look back at videos from when he was at Molde he was not as explosive as he is now absolutely right. not so this is something he's worked on so is this bad news for Wolves this weekend they've had a bit the, of the a club or the start. animal um, both really yeah. I think I'm back Harland over a pack of Wolves yeah <laughs> probably um, I, I did enjoy <laughs> I think listen the thing at the I guess the elephant in the room with City is that as impressive as Holland's been, 
yeah, the team has conceded some goals and they kind of like they, they don't. I mean, I think that's one of the trade-offs of having Haaland up there is that you don't have the same degree of control as if you have one of these sort of high-pressing uh, little people that the Guardiola really yeah. likes. <laughs> Buzzy little mice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then yeah. you can control the engagement a little bit more. Minions. Uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they actually are, aren't they? Yeah. A squad of minions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love them to speak like minions as they play. That's what Guardiola wants. Still covering their mouths. But I just, I'm not. We've seen teams give them some trouble. And I guess Wolves have a little bit of pace with like the Podence and the Neto and the stuff. But I don't, I don't see it, to be honest. I really Mm. don't. Not even Diego Costa. No. This feels like a straightforward win. So we're going to move on to Diego Costa very shortly, but a little bit of a pep update. He hugged the referee while he was giving him a yellow card (laughs) after the Dortmund game. And Jules Kunde revealed this week that Pep rang him in 2019 to try and convince him to join City. Kunde said, He told me he loved me. (laughs) You Why can't be doing that. This? Sorry, you can't be doing that. I thought it was a problem of me in my younger years where I'd fall for people too easily. <laughs> you can't just call every people... park you go to. Yeah. You can't call people up and tell them you love them, Pep. No, it's a lot, isn't so it? It went intense. too far. Too yeah. early. He went big. Imagine Kunde in his house and the phone rings at like after 10pm and he's like, don't answer it. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. probably Pep. He's one of the greatest managers of all time, but he's, he's, he's Maybe too he's much. standing he's outside much. with like uh, big uh, cardboard things with uh, words on, like the creepy man in love, actually. Yeah. yeah, very much. Oh, you know that film where um, he's like standing with a boombox? Yes. yes. So it, but instead yeah. of that, it's like Kunde. a tactical board about where he, <laughs> yeah. he would run off the ball. Instead yeah. of Osamendi. He's not so happy. <laughs> so um, Wolves this week have confirmed the signing of Diego Costa, which is fantastic. Uh, they did it in a really weird way, though. They, re- they released a video of him holding three actual Wolves with the tagline, Diego is a wolf. Despite being a contender for the Prem's hardest striker, uh, he's since admitted... That, actually, this is a great sort of hard man sh- striker off here, isn't it, with Haaland and, and Costa? He, he has admitted that he was scared to death when shooting the video. He said, holding that chain, I kept thinking, what if this wolf thinks about jumping on top of me? <laughs> when they came and smelled my foot, I knew I was done for. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? Those were wolves, not dogs. It was a cool experience, but not a very comfortable one. I have five dogs, but they're not wolves. Apparently they are, though, aren't they? Apparently they're exactly the same in terms of their genetic makeup. But still, a pug is not a wolf, let's be honest. I did enjoy seeing the wolves' Twitter feed because they took like a photo of the wolves on the pitch after they shot the thing. And one of them was so happy. Like, I'm done. One of the wolves is like, I don't have to look menacing for the camera anymore. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just a happy wolf. Yeah, (laughs) I've I've heard that quite often in movies they have to... uh, This can't be true, but I just want it to be true so I'm going to pretend it is, it is. The, the CGI thing yeah. right, where they have to CGI dogs wagging yes. their tails because the dogs know they're acting yeah. they know they're doing a, doing a good, good job they and that ju- makes it happy so they'll be barking at someone but their tails are wagging yeah, and really so good no it. way yeah. it's great oh. it's a really common thing um, so Nottingham Forest uh, host Fulham uh, tonight, actually, at 8 o'clock, Forrest extended their summer spending spree last week when they signed Serge Aurier on a free. That's their 22nd summer signing. And it's subject to visa approval, so he isn't available until after the international break. But that's uh, that's, a, that's a, it's nice to see Serge back, isn't it? Serge is good entertainment value. Yeah, he's quite chaotic. I didn't look at that um, Forest squad and think what they need is a bit more chaos. <laughs> Someone who just come in and, and, and not adhere to a script. Yeah. Or another wingback. I mean, God, how yeah. many do they need? They've already signed like three left wingbacks in this window. They've got a couple of ones on the right. It's all wingbacks all the time. Mm. You think the thing they need most now is, a, you know, a, just a bit of 
I don't know, synergy, I suppose. Team building. Yeah. yeah. You need to go to one of those assault courses. Or yeah, yeah, they need to be taken up a mountain by Brendan Rogers. You know, one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So it's three losses on the bounce for Forest now. And uh, I mean, Fulham, uh, Fulham are doing pretty well, obviously. They're, they're up in 10th. They've, they've, you know, they lost their last game, but they've had a couple of good wins. I think every game is already looking a bit difficult for Forest. I mean, it's probably a bit early to fear for them, given how much squad gelling has to happen. But it it does look a tough one at home. You think they've got to, they've got to try and get a result here? Definitely, yeah. Especially against the other promoted team. Yeah. Bear in mind they gave it away so, against Bournemouth yeah. in the, the last time they played. Um, I kind of wonder how much you learn from that because I thought they were quite good in that first half. Mm. They just got done in the second, and you know that can happen. But I suppose the way it happened was quite quite profound, especially given that the what the winning goal was their own fuck up. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder if the you know do you, do you think the the time between games would have helped them? I don't really know. No, I, I think probably more than any other club, it will have really because they've got a sort of bond yeah, as a squad. Yeah, they've got to work yeah, out yeah, the yeah. style of play. So Steve Cooper has said he's not intimidated by the prospect of facing uh, Alexandra Mitrovic. He said the reality is we come up against good strikers in most games that we play. In the last three games, we played Harry Kane, Erling Haaland, and then Dominic Solanke. So just I mean, that's just <laughs> leave that there. Um, after <laughs> Leave him. He played for England. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. And he scored a lot he of goals. He scored a lot of goals, scored a lot of goals for them, but still. Uh, yeah. After some VAR controversy recently, the Serbian lower leagues have shown how to do things properly. A fan showed the referee his own video of a goal recorded on his phone. The ref watched it and reversed his decision, disallowing the goal. So I mentioned this on the Ramble maybe like two or three weeks ago about how we're not far, you know, when uh, we, that we had a weekend, maybe the last weekend where there was a shitload of really bad VAR decisions. And I said, one of the things I said was that it would be like, someone is going to recreate the scene from short circuit and kick the shit, <laughs> yeah. come on and kick the shit out of the VAR monitor. Or also just show referees on their phone of like things that they've docked or whatever. And this is already happening now. Vistradamus. Fast forwarding. Does this mean Brentford are going to beat Arsenal? Because you said they would. Damn it. Probably, yeah. No, I hope not. Why have I wasted it on that? Yeah. <laughs> it would be great if we had another VAR shocker for Brentford to beat Arsenal. I'm no, kind of enjoying. Jo- I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> Nothing personal, but the sort of certain. Prominent- How good would it be if Jim broke his foot? It's as well? just. <laughs> <laughs> It's just cert- certain prominent Arsenal supporters on social media and their sort of gradual descent into madness with regards to refereeing decisions. It's just as a spectator sport, watching from afar, quite entertaining. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and we're not talking about the you know the AFTV lot. I think we just generally you know the guy who's getting out his ruler for the uh, yeah. for the last yeah. round, like stuff like that. More rulers on on Twitter. Mm, yeah, yeah. So Lars, we have an email. We and do. I believe you're going to read From it. Ben, who writes. Uh, I may be a little late to this party. You're never late to the party, Ben. It's just perfect time. But I've heard no suggestions of the double barrel surname since Martin Martinelli. However, I would now like to offer the following. What if John Collins and Collins John got married? Well, I mean that would be surprising in a lot of ways, anyway. But and and then and then decided to take one one another's surnames, producing John Collins John and Collins John Collins. <laughs> that would be very. That is amazing, wouldn't it? Um, let's I'd, see if we can make it happen. So again, seems <laughs> seems difficult. But, um, what you're suggesting we set them up? Yeah, just <laughs> well, present them the idea and go. This is satisfying verbally, right? What do you think? Yeah, and but also like <laughs> filtering in like the. God, did you see? Also, you know, like, did you see the way he was looking at you before? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there might be something there. So I've got big news, guys. Alan Pardew's back. Yes, 
He's been announced this week as the new manager of Greek Super League side Aris. He's in for a tough start as he faces Olympiakos in his first game as manager this Sunday. He'll be hoping things go a bit better for him this time. He's had a win rate of just 14% or less in his last three managerial jobs, which are Edo Den Haag, CSKA, Sofia and West Brom. Now, I, I, I don't know if we missed this at the time. Um, I certainly don't remember it, but he uh, he actually left CSKA after racist behaviour towards players mm. from the fans. I think that's actually fair, fair play to Paz. That's mm. very admirable that he took a stand there. Um, when it comes to Aris, though, he's replacing Herman Burgos, terrifying prospect. Mm-hmm. You may remember him as Diego Simeone's enforcer, mm. like, uh, his assistant at Atletico for a long time. And he'll be managing Jovino as well. So there's a lot to love about this. Yeah, that's um, all very, very strange as well. But do you think... Do you think he's working towards a comeback to English football? I think, do you think is, this is where this ends, head he is. Yeah, do you think this is where this ends up? He's either going to be he, he's going to be back. He's 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 trying to find a route back. It's, he's going the long way around, yeah. but he's trying to find a route back. Do you think it would I suppose he's probably trying to find a route back to a level he would be happy with? Yes, yeah. He'll probably want a championship job. And you know, maybe I don't know, maybe he'd still have something to offer there, but or, or maybe he's just enjoying a little tour of Europe. But this is what I think. I mean, if I was uh, an operator at that level and had made a, a solid amount of money, so financial concerns were not really in my future, and I had enough of a reputation to get reasonable jobs here and there, I would probably go. You know what? Let's go there. I mean, that's like, yeah. you know, he's lived. He's lived in Holland now. He's he's lived in Bulgaria now. He's off to Thessaloniki, which I think is a fine place to spend your time. It's a very Why slow not? interrail. Yeah, just yeah, just have like a coaching interrail experience. There's quite a lot of interesting players in this uh, squad, including Andre Gray. That that was one that had passed me by. Oh yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, fair enough. And and imagine the dance off between him and Jovino. Uh, I think some, some good moves. <laughs> well, they were previous, haven't they? Because he accused Jovino, uh, if I remember not unreasonably, of diving against Newcastle. And oh yeah, they had a little bit of a spat. So they're going to have to sort that out. But I imagine uh, they've both grown since then. Right. Guys, it's time for Jim's game. It's the algorithm. What do you want me to do? This is why I'm fucked. There's no reason for us to still be playing this game. <laughs> well, there's you know, there's three of us. It, it's a, it's a, makes a bit more sense than, than Jack's encyclopedia. So that's in case you're wondering. Uh, that is why we are returning to Jim's game. Um, so you, you know the rules by now. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna put forward a player. They're gonna have played for a certain amount of clubs. Mm. Vish and Lars are going to bid for um, to essentially. Name the most clubs they can name of this player. Um, Vish, I'm going. You're going to go first, just because you sat nearest to me. Um, <laughs> first player has played for four clubs. His name is Tangi and Dombele. How many of those clubs can you name? Oh, two. Two. Can you can you go further than yeah, that? Yeah, three. Three. Okay, so Lars, let me uh, let me hear it. Tangi and Dombele. How many clubs can you name? You sure, Vish? No, I've, I I know I fucked up. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's played for Lyon. He has. He's played for Tottenham. He's currently playing for Napoli. Bit of a double ding there. So <laughs> Lars, <laughs> Lars, first point yes. to you. First blood. Yes, absolutely. So uh, he has I'm indeed. So glad you knew that. You, had, you would have had Lyon. I was so worried you were going to say glad three. This is back. Yes. So glad this is back. <laughs> because if you'd have said three, yeah. I would have had to remember the club before Lyon, which I think I know, but I'm not entirely certain. Uh, do you want to have a little bonus guess? No, I don't, because I might get it wrong. Uh, well, it's Amiens. Uh, he then went to Lyon uh, on loan, then played for Lyon, went to Spurs, went back to Lyon on loan, and he's now at Napoli 
also on loan. I so, think I would have said Lorient, so ah, you know, that would have well, been a loss would have been face, wrong. You yeah. would have been wrong. So you got the chance to mess it up this time, yes, though. So um, next player, Lars, you're, you get to bid first on this, is Idrissa Gay. So he's played for four clubs. Oh, for fuck's sake. Four clubs there. What you got for me? Uh, Idrissa Gay? Mm-hmm. Got all four. All four. Yeah. So I guess you. I, I guess yeah. You don't have can to you, take this Brussels roll you, that seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can match it, I suppose. But then what? Uh, no, can, I can't. Yeah, can't he's really, not even the yeah. rules. Well, he's done you there, isn't he? So all right. Well, I might be wrong. Well, you might be wrong. Let's let's for the sake yeah, of let, the game. Let's see. Let's, let's see. Let's kind of hope you are, Lars. Lars, let's have a look. Idrissa Gay, four clubs. He let's played, hear them. He played for Lille. He, he played for Aston Villa. He did. He's played for PSG, and he's played for Everton. It's 2-0 Lars. He was part of that really weird uh, transfer oh, spree that Villa had when they signed a bunch of really good players, none of whom somehow came off at Villa, but yes. they all turned out to be good other places and Villa went down. Is this the Tim Sherwood era? Ah, yeah. That, that, I was going to say that seems weird, but then that does yeah, explain it. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Yeah, so Vish, I sense that you ain't never felt this bad ever Ooh. at the moment, um, but we've got another play for it. He's played for nine clubs. You'll be delighted. Yeah, more yeah. clubs, yeah. that'll help. Yeah, more clubs, that'll help. Yeah. His yeah. name is Patrick Van Arnholt. Oh! And what, what you got PVA some oh, surprises shit. in here oh, I have that, to say I should start writing things yeah down. furiously uh, furious uh, note taking from uh, Bish which is to be fair my tactic when I'm playing this game as well find Patrick. it easier to to write things down you, you just writing his name down I don't think that's going to help you <laughs> nine the, clubs does the Van Aanholt family you. work he played for them didn't he <laughs> represents them every day uh, no you know it doesn't work like that I'm going to have to start pressuring you for, oh. for a number Bish who's going first Vichy's uh, going first at this point. You know the rules. Don't pretend. Don't try and pressure me like this. That's all mind games, isn't Rude. it? Rude. Um... It's a long arm, that, isn't it? <laughs> Gary Neville would be having his orgasm by now if this was the <laughs> Jackson's Encyclopedia. Uh, four. Four? Oh, I'm not going over that. I'm not going over four? No, okay, then. No, I would not either. So, Vish, give me four clubs from Patrick Van Arnholt. <laughs> Are you going to go for no clubs or are we going to, are you going to have your first one? The Chelsea? Very good. Started his career at Chelsea. Palace? Correct. Newcastle? Correct. This is Patrick Van Arnhol, isn't it? It is Patrick Okay, Van Arnhol. yeah. Just checking. Just thought I'd check. Instead of like Steve. Yeah, okay. Nigel. Shitting hell. Tarquin. One more. That sounded uh, like you'd fallen in love with him. <laughs> no. Got to pressure you, mate. Come on. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. <laughs> I want you don't to. Have to be I like do Marcus. want to. You don't have I want to, to make do it clear. Azen uh, Alkmaar. Don't do the face before you press the button. <laughs> ah, yes. Lars Sievertson crushes muddy little fish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. He played for nine clubs, as we know. They were Chelsea, Coventry City on loan, Newcastle United on loan, Leicester City on loan, Wigan Athletic on loan, Vitesse on loan, Sunderland, Crystal Palace and Sunderland. Galatasaray, where he currently resides. Sunderland! So I've completely done you with the mental game there, because I think yeah. you only would have had two or three. So, I mean, you didn't have to go to four. Just saying, Vish. Does that help, Vish? Vish is currently leaving. Can you send over that sound effect? I need a new alarm clock on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I will do. So we've got two more. Two more be rounds the WhatsApp of this. alert from now on when the <laughs> Ramble Group is. Uh... 
Two more rounds that I'm going to subject you to. Oh, God damn it. I thought, so, um, I thought I had so, it. So, Lars, it's your, your chance to go first okay, now. Damn this, it, I've this, gone too far with the gloating. You have. Well, no, you've you already won. Anyway, you? So it's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, you, so uh, I've gloated at the right time. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? You're, you're on one leg as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, next player's played for 11 clubs. His name is Jason Punchin. Oh! 11 okay. clubs. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting this. Going to need a bid. Fucking For hell. me? Mm-hmm. I'm playing it safe. I'm going two. Two. Yeah. Fish, can I hear three? Yeah, I'll, I'll do three. Three. Okay. Right. Jason Punchin. 11 clubs. What you got, Vish? Southampton. Southampton. Very good. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, indeed. One more. For a bit of self-respect. Come on, Vish. All of your self-respect is on the line here in this one moment. My brain has gone dumb. Um, (laughs) Who would he have played for? (laughs) Eleven clubs. Can you give me a clue? No. That's not how the game works. (laughs) It's only going to be a one-off where we play the game. No. We'll go back to Jack's. Come on, I'm going to start pressuring you now, Vish. You've already lost and you're agonising over it to this extent. I think Need an answer. Or I'm going to disqualify you. Don't disqualify uh, West Brom. <laughs> yeah, I can see why you might say West Brom. They yeah, are on that list. Seems like your thing. Read the list of players, the teams he's played for. Not all of them professional. Uh, he played for Wimbledon, Milton Keynes, Dons, Fisher Athletic, semi-pro, Lewis, also semi-pro, Barnet, Plymouth Argyle, MK Dons on many loans, Southampton, Millwall on loan, Blackpool on loan, QPR on loan, mm, Palace on loan, and then, then full-time. And then he was at Huddersfield on loan, and he's now at Paphos. So, huh? unfortunately, it is now 4-0 Lars. So, Vish, the pain doesn't end uh, because you have to bid first on the last player. Although, maybe mm. it will end for that reason. This player has played for nine clubs. His name is Jordan Rhodes. What have you got? Um... This is a tough one. <laughs> Jordan Rhodes. Jordan Rhodes. Weirdly breathe whistling a little song and... Saying his name is only going to buy you so much time, Vish. I see what you're doing. Uh, I like that, to be fair. I like the little squeak. That's good, but I am going to have to hurry you along. I'm going to say three. Three clubs. Not going for it. Not going Okay. I've learned my lesson there. Yeah. Well, I'll find out. Okay. Just, yeah. Lars, proper Mourinho tactics from, from last year. I respect the hell out of it. So, what have you got? Jordan Rhodes. He's played for nine clubs. We want three from you. Blackbird Rovers. Correct. Huddersfield. Correct. Scunthorpe. Oh, he's done the face again. <laughs> Unfortunately not. So Jordan Rhodes played for Ipswich Town, Oxford Ipswich. United, Come on, Rochdale, man. Brentford, those last three on loan, Huddersfield Town, Blackburn Rovers, Middlesbrough, Sheffield mm. Wednesday on loan, Norwich City on loan, and again, Huddersfield Town, where he currently plays. So yeah, bad luck, Vish. That's a 5-0 whitewashing. Um, <laughs> it's not a great start to the weekend, is it? I'll, I'll lend you the keys if you like. And, uh, I don't you want can the keys. The I'm going to the the, throw them in the river. Don't throw the keys no to the weekend getting, no in the river. No weekend. Don't, don't banish us from the Listen. weekend. Together. Up, and I've got... taken the, the buoyancy aid off them, so they will they will sink. Fish, <laughs> you've got two fully functioning legs, my friend. Cheer up. Exactly, yeah. Enjoy the weekend. Doesn't feel that... like it now. <laughs> <laughs> that goes for the rest of you as well. Thank you very much for Ipswich tuning in. Town! To the Football Ramble. Middlesbrough um, was the one I thought yeah, you would have gotten. Middlesbrough. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble preview show, part of the Acast Creator Network. 
Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.